Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 5 of Two Twins and a Mic. It is your host Sam and Eli for another installment. Guys, get ready, we have a good one for you today. It's a bit of a mixed bag and it's going to cross uh, the discussion around a number of different topics, not all related to each other, but we think the diversity in the mix will keep you guys engaged and interested. Let me just start off by saying today, guys, I'm, I'm feeling a bit a bit off and tired. I don't know if you've been feeling this way for the past couple of days, maybe even like last few weeks, but I've really struggled to to sleep lately and it's kind of been really affecting my, my performance just in terms of the brain function. Like I'm, I'm not, my memory is not that great and it's just been a bit of a struggle to just remember things, to wake up, it, it honestly feels really weird. Like I was, I was thinking about it this afternoon and I was just like, cause I woke up at two, two in the afternoon, right? Like I was just in my bed and I was just thinking like this whole thing feels a bit fake and I don't know why it was in my brain, but I just felt like everything around me just felt fake. And yeah, I don't know. It's just this weird, weird feeling. Um, I mean, if you want to look at it from an astrological point of view, there's a lot going on right now. You don't have to believe any of this stuff, but like there is, we are in a Mercury retrograde retrograde up until I think the 3rd of June. And we also had recently a blood moon, blood full moon to be, to be exact. And, you know, the moon can affect people in many different ways. And I was actually speaking to one of my coaches and he, he's a Cancerian. And ironically, he was saying he hasn't been able to sleep well. And I just tried to like, I didn't talk to him about astrology, but I tried to gauge when that happened and it was exactly on the like the day of the the full moon so i thought that was interesting because they say the full moon normally affects cancerians and pisces the most um but yeah this retrograde is supposed to be affecting virgo and gemini so yeah it's just it's just interesting i know not everyone's into astrology but um i don't know about what like how your feelings are about this and i think another reason why like i've been really tired is i've been just doing crazy amount of hours in training like i did I think about roughly 15 hours of training last week and then about 13 hours of training this week. And I, I think it's just taking a toll on my body. And yeah, like I think it's probably a cue from the universe that I need a bit of more balance in my life. So yeah, I didn't, I'm curious to know how you feel, Sam. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that um, because obviously my wife is a Cancerian, not, not that it's obvious to everyone else who's listening. And again, I know astrology might be a bit woo-woo for some people, but for the last couple of days, um, not so today, but more recently, she's struggled to sleep, as have I, and there's been a lot of tossing and turning in bed for the both of us. Um, and on the point of the, the, the blood moon that happened several days ago, so someone at work actually explained how the phases of the moon impact people's personalities. And I actually forget the astrology part and all of that stuff it's been kind of somewhat proven i think the fbi did some sort of research back in the day where they realized you know there's more violent crime or people tend to behave more weirdly during a full moon and um you know the different lunar phases for some reason seem to impact individuals so the person who i was speaking to was actually bianca from work um and she's quite knowledgeable based well based on my discussion with her when it comes to the um the lunar cycles and this is where i learned it from and she was saying in the lead up to a full moon or or a blood moon and several days after 
that's when people's kind of personalities um, start to go off. And I remember the day that the the day after that the blood moon happened, um, I was passing by the front desk and I was like, "Hey, Bianca, how's it going?" And I was like, "You look a bit tired." And she's like, "Yeah, I haven't been able to sleep." And I was like, "Interesting." You know, I'm like, "Did you real? Did you know it was a it was a blood moon the other night?" And she's like, "Yes." And it's been happening, you know, for the last couple of days. Because when I walked into the office, I myself was literally sleep deprived, and I kept having the worst sleep. I just when I say worst sleep, I kept moving around in bed, and my it's not like my mind was racing. Something just felt uncomfortable, um, or I felt uncomfortable. And and then when I went into the office, um, I had looked at my instant messaging system, um, and my work colleague had messaged me saying she didn't sleep all night. Um, she's f- feeling very rough. And, and tired so she said I, I, is it okay if I just take today off um, not that I'm the boss but you know we just let each other know I was like yeah no problem I'll hold down the fort while you, you're resting up never mind I'm, I was also very tired as well um, but I think for me sometimes my mindset is a bit unhealthy in that I, I push through when I should probably give my body an opportunity to rest and again other people in at work were also saying the same thing they had all struggled so i don't think that's necessarily a coincidence there seems to be something there um so when you're saying you know you're quite exhausted it wasn't just you like we were with our cousins the other day we were at karaoke i was speaking to one of my cousins uh, maya and she was saying basically yeah I, i just feel a little bit off because i haven't had a chance to really sleep properly you know, and so everyone's, it seems like a lot of us are suffering from this now sleep debt that we're kind of trying to um, get back. Uh, but I can tell that, you know, you're, you're a bit zoned out and we are doing this podcast a little bit later than usual. So it will probably come out later and later in the, later in the night for a Sunday, but at least, you know, we're, we're getting through it. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that you've kind of mustered the energy um, to get there. So Interestingly enough, I've started to do BJJ as well. Um, I actually attended with my wife on Saturday and we did kickboxing and BJJ for two hours. So I can understand when you say, you know, you've done 15 hours in a week of, you know, kickboxing, BJJ and rolling and I think maybe MMA. MMA. So yeah, it's full on. Um, I don't know how you do 15 hours. It's, it's, it's very, very full on. And then, you know, you're going out at night <laughs> doing karaoke having korean barbecue um you know make well spending time with the family i think my sister was over as well yep so there's a lot that's that's happening um so yeah i was just gonna say i i've definitely been pushing myself physically um for the last probably several maybe weeks and months and i i, I think it's really important like you said like it, it is a bit of a toxic habit of ours in the sense of um, we don't know when to sometimes just say no and show ourselves a bit of self-care and love. I I messaged you this morning saying I probably won't be able to do this podcast because I was just feeling really tired and I was just stuck in my bed. But it's interesting because it was just in a part of me which was just like, no, 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 like just pop a couple of Panadol pills or paracetamol, whatever you guys like know it as. And, you know, you'll be all right. Like, just have a cold shower and just try to put your, pull yourself together. And 
I was just even 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 when I was about to message you, I was just like, man, like look at like I just can't like for us it's so important to be so like to be consistent and disciplined. And I don't know where it comes from, like where this like this this drive, which is just like I just can't like it's not about failure at this point, because I think we've grown enough, but it's just like what is it that I just can't have a day off? Yeah, so it's interesting that you say that because when you initially alluded that you might not be able to make the podcast or you're like can we kind of delay it a part of me was a bit frustrated inside i'm like we can't delay it like what are you saying like we have to be consistent consistency is important you know even though you know realistically what's the point of doing it if you're tired you can't think clearly but a part of me has this unhealthy mindset i'm like if i don't do it now you know something not terrible will happen but it would like it will almost be a like a snowball effect you know it's a bit kind of catastrophic like catastrophizing you know it's thinking the worst um but i i was yeah a bit shaken up and on that you know i just wanted to add as well that um maybe the universe is sending me signs to kind of hey like just chill out because i've had two like very recently in my tiktok feed I've received like I I normally now not normally but I'm getting a lot of videos where there was this one lady who um you know good looking relatively healthy young woman posted a TikTok where she had apparently suffered a stroke at the age of 29 mm. you know she seemed to have the perfect life and all that but maybe she had kind of burnt the candle from both ends and then I saw her video where she was showing her rehabilitation over a whole year where when she had the stroke obviously in her brain um she lost her ability to speak to walk to talk so she had to kind of retrain her entire body and it took a whole year Mm. and this is a 29 year old woman you know Mm. and sometimes some people everything might be going really well for them but they're really overexerting themselves too much and we all think that we're um we're immortal Mm. for some reason or that you know death or bad things you know that they happen to other people but sometimes we do have to listen to our bodies and that was just one of of a few videos i've seen recently just kept coming up young people you know i've, I've even heard of um other people that i know telling me you know people in their early 20s had passed away all of a sudden so you know it's important to really take care of yourself scary that you should be saying this because it was last week that i read an article about this boxer who was what 36 39 i don't know what his like exact i can't remember now but he died in the middle of the fight he had a heart attack like he got hit and then i think he was trying to sit down or something and then he just passed out and they tried to revive him and i think he was a turkish fighter and he was in germany and when i read that i took it as a sign from the universe it's like mate you are pushing yourself too hard and yeah so that it's interesting that you were getting the same thing on tiktok because i feel like there's a synchronicity somehow but i do think there's an aspect of toxic perfectionism that we still need to address in within ourselves because yeah like i when i got your message and telling you like i'm just feeling depleted and might pass on the podcast and you just responded like monosyllabically with like okay 
I was just like, oh, because you're, you're my twin. I know how you think, right? And I was just like, hmm. He wasn't really saying like, no, no, you know, take take some time off. Self-care is important. Look after you. Because that's what, how our sister would respond. You know, she's very much, um, I guess, more empathetic, I want to say. But yeah, it's it's interesting because like I, I knew it. I sensed it because I know from your end, like you're the more ambitious um, twin. So for you, like you have an insatiable drive to um, get complete things, get work done. Like, you know, in terms of your career, you push very hard. Whereas I think I've eased up quite significantly on myself on that front. So, so yeah, like I just, I just think it's, it's very interesting and it's, it's something I think you, you definitely need to work on. It's really important. Like we, like we're saying just, you know, like if you need to take the day off, take it because i remember like when i used to be at work i used to feel guilty taking sick days or even days off i'm like well you know everything's gonna fall apart like i can't take a sick day and the reality of it is like if you need it you need to take it like it was it was actually terrible because two weeks ago i was pretty sick i had maybe that super flu that was going around in sydney and i'd pretty much like was coughing i'm pretty sure my voice was almost gone and like i hadn't also slept like, and I saw I looked like crap. And I remember being on a video call at work and my director literally had to kick me out of the meeting. She literally kicked me out, like mothered me in the sense saying like, why are you here? Why? Like you're sick, blah, 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 blah. And she, and she forced me out of the meeting. And I, you know, I appreciated it because like I do, I did need the sleep and the rest and stuff. But like, it also goes to show that I still have a bit of progress and a way to go in terms of um, showing myself self-love and like, taking the time to to rest yeah and and i'm glad that um you're you're right when i when i replied okay initially i was like to myself wait you can't you can't you can't write it like that you you know but a part of me in my head i was like i should have i should to be fair like i was busy doing stuff around the house when i when i did reply okay part of it was just frustration but the other part then later on was like wait he might misinterpret that he should be looking after himself but then I knew that you had enough um, kind of fortitude and growth that you would just be like, no, I'm, I'm putting myself first. But that, the, only, the only reason was because I was cleaning the, the fish tank and, and, and doing some stuff for the garden. But I, I was going to actually go, but I'm glad that you kind of read into it. Um, my, my issue is, for some reason, I just feel like if I don't do things, you know, they'll, like, they'll, they'll pass by me or I'll miss out in life. I definitely have somewhat still of a scarcity mindset in in some respects with um, things relating to career, money, um, and and weirdly enough, there's certain things where I've, I've I've tried to really speed it up, and I look back in time, I'm like I could have just taken my time. Um, even say for example with my fish tanks, I remember like there were so many things going wrong because I I have these fish tanks with live plants and. They're very complicated setups. They're high. They're what do they call them? High tech setups. You know, we've got CO two systems and all of this. Where there were certain things that weren't working and calibrating and equalizing, and I was always trying to rush it. And then one one time I realized my problem is, you know, I'm ordering certain things, like hoping that they get in time. But I wasn't really focusing what the underlying problem was. I was just trying to come up with a solution as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. And I never really went in deep into it. And the truth is one of the fish tanks i had to literally tear it apart completely and just start it from scratch and then that one really took off within three weeks whereas one that had been running for months on end 
you know, just failing again and again and again because I didn't really establish the right foundations from the very beginning. I took, I definitely took a fair few shortcuts. And that's the thing, life. I, I don't know why um, I have this kind of idea that time is passing by really quickly when, when actually it isn't. It's more kind of in my own head. But I, I would hope that, yeah, I, I need to definitely kind of learn to relax. And with this podcast, it's just, again, because I, I feel like I'm really enjoying this. You know, I feel so fulfilled right now. And once I get into something, I just want to see it through. But I realized compared to you, I probably stress myself more because, you know, I'm still young, guys. And I have like white hair, not gray hair, white hair, which is related to stress. They say when you get white hair, it's the result of oxidative stress, right? Your body is under a lot of pressure because your cortisol levels are constantly amped up. You don't have you be, you don't even have any white hair in your beard, you know. We're identical twins, so obviously I'm doing something wrong. I need to learn to chill out, and I think even at the BJ uh, at the um, dojo the other day, when I was meeting some of the people that you're quite familiar with, they said, "Remember, guys, we're identical twins." They're like, "You look older, you being me." <laughs> so <laughs> stress ages you. I don't care what anyone says. Beyond anything else smoking drinking whatever i think people drink and smoke because they're stressed but it's the stress that ages you um so yeah definitely and lack of sleep like i feel like if you don't get good quality sleep it just can also make you feel old because like I, i know for me like i just felt my like i feel my eyes are heavy i i, I kind of feel like an old man you know, like, cause you, you can barely get out of your bed. Um, you just feel like a, com- I don't know. You just feel weak, like a complete mess. And I think there are different ways of stressing yourself. So like physical stress can translate into, you know, oh, what's what am I trying to say here? So like when you don't get adequate sleep, that translates into physical stress because your body's not having enough time to, to recover. But I definitely think that you need to probably rein it in a bit in terms of, just let let loose and it's okay sometimes if we don't deliver a podcast every week and if there's an adequate reason i mean if it's a if it's a if it's a matter of the fact that we're just like wasting not that there's anything you can really waste your time but there's not like a strong enough reason why we're not doing the podcast in the sense that we're just being lazy for the sake of lazy and just you know we're choosing to just watch netflix which again isn't a bad thing because self-care is important but in the sense of it's just like you're binge watching Netflix and you instead of you know focusing on your mission and your goals, that's a whole different story. But I, I think we need to accept the fact, everyone in society, that um, you know, we we definitely need to take time for ourselves. And I feel like that's an underlying theme this month probably. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's funny because I feel like every month you go through like a different season in your life. So, like, I feel like this season is about, like, you know, just take care, like, slow down. Stop being so hard on yourselves, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, anyways, I'm, I think we've, 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 we've got into this quite a bit, but I'm, I'm going to get into um, a different topic here. And I want to talk about, like, some interesting observation that I just noticed also recently. And it kind of relates to the whole introvert-extrovert dynamic. And as you guys are aware, like, my brother and I are extroverts right so or maybe on the borderline of ambiverts which is somewhere between an introvert and an extrovert 
but like i noticed lately that i've been messaging you know on your, on your socials like your whatsapp groups and your your facebook and etc instagram and a lot of people are just being very quiet and unresponsive and it just got me thinking i'm like i don't i don't understand like how is it that you can send somebody something you know it could be a tiktok video a meme or whatever and you know sometimes you get a chain response but like other times it's just like dead quiet and i feel like that's what the case it's been that way for the last several weeks and it just doesn't make any sense because you know you can see if somebody's read or you know watched the video or whatever but it's just like there's no response and like it, it makes me think in my head i'm like well is this just an because most of our friends are introverts so it makes i just want to understand like from their perspective like i get it people have a lot going on in their lives and you don't really necessarily know but you know i feel like as an extrovert you make an effort regardless to just respond and acknowledge a message just to make it clear to the other person that hey i've seen it it's funny you know what i mean like the idea is to kind of um validate you know they've, they've made an expression here but sometimes i can t I, I kind of there's a part of me which takes offense from introverts in the sense that they can just be like it, it comes across honestly as rude <laughs> like because they will send stuff and you respond and again it's not i'm not trying to make it a transactional thing here but when you send stuff like it's they can just be a bit dry about it and in you know you, you can generally explain your position say look i've got this i've got that but like when you meet them like you don't even really fully understand sometimes what is going on in their lives they can just be very incredibly private and you don't want to like i don't want to breach their boundaries and you know pry into their lives i don't need to like need to i don't really doesn't really like if they want to share it then great if not but like as 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 a as an I'm, i hate the whole idea of labels because it's very black and white thinking but you know, as as a, I'm just going to, I have to say, I don't know how else to, to represent it, but as an extrovert, I'm just like, well, I don't get it. Like, you know, why, why is it, why is it that you just can't share? Oh, maybe there is a reason, actually. I saw this one video explaining with introverts, like when they were younger and when they tried to express or share an opinion, they were usually like there would be their parent figure or somebody else that would talk over the top of them. And make them feel as if their voice didn't matter um, and therefore they they felt like they were not heard and therefore they should stay quiet so i thought that's interesting because maybe that's just the case with a lot of introverts in the sense of just like well i, I don't want to say like i do have opinions i do want to share some thoughts but i just don't feel like what i have to share is important enough because i've been made to feel that way which is interesting because we probably i mean we didn't really experience that but like there were aspects of it yeah it's i uh, look i've I've noticed it as well but um again kind of having my own life i now understand why people kind of go quiet for periods at a time not that i have i'm I'm one of those people again comes back to maybe maybe it's a bit toxic from my end i'm like no no i have to read every article that someone sends and every message you know and everything like otherwise i'm doing this person some sort of disservice or injustice even when i myself feel like i just don't want to respond to anyone i don't want to talk to anyone even sometimes when my parents message me or call me i'm like i just don't have it in me to give anything because i'm so depleted and it's interesting how you're trying to frame it you think maybe it's because they're introverts 
Whereas I don't actually think that because I've seen many extroverts behave like that. Um, and also, you know, you're right about introverts kind of being more private because they don't really they don't really share about their lives unless someone is very explicit and direct and clear in asking, hey, you know, what's going on? Whereas extroverts, because you naturally you naturally think out loud and you, you externalize your thoughts because you're processing it out loudly it's, it's different so you might have to think to yourself wait for me to process my thoughts i have to share it with someone you know it's unprompt it's not being prompted so like one of our friends who's an extrovert you know you you kind of always know where things are at because he's sharing his his thoughts whereas the others being introverts so actually maybe you do have a point being some, some, to, some to some degree being introverts they don't really you don't really know much about what's happening in their lives unless something incredibly you know significant has taken place and even then you might not really know it's it's very interesting um so you know now that i'm thinking about it again thinking out loud you might be right in that sense but the way i look at it is i've known many people you know throughout my life that when a lot of a lot of things are happening you know behind the scenes doesn't necessarily mean bad things it could just mean anything like there's a lot that happens in people's lives they naturally, maybe subconsciously even, disconnect and they zone out and they don't, They run out of like battery. And even though you might be like, but I can see that you're active on your, on your phone, you know, because you're liking other stuff or maybe you're, you know, when you're around them, you're like, you're constantly on your phone. How is it possible? And I think a lot of people have had these thoughts. Doesn't matter whether they're in, whether that person's an introvert, or extrovert. If you if you if you know someone is always on their phone, most people are, particularly if they're in in relationships. You know, because they they if they something happened to their partner, or their partner wants to get in contact with them, they always make an effort to you know to check their phones to respond. So anyone that's in a relationship and you know you don't hear back from them, or they're not very active. I would say it's because they're choosing not to necessarily respond to to you because there's other things happening but don't be fooled into thinking that they don't see those messages but I can guarantee that they're very much depleted and they don't have it in them to to give anything so they they naturally tend to um again not naturally but they just at least subconsciously um zone out because your mind it's like it's like um you know that that scene from what's it called from is it the kung fu panda you know and and the the sensei goes to the panda i can't remember what the panda's name is but he's like look at this puddle right and he, he kind of shakes it all up and then he stirs the mud that's kind of rested on the bottom and the mud mixes with the water and it becomes all um murky and then so when it's all murky everything's confusing you don't know what's in the water you know it looks chaotic and that's how I think a lot of people's minds are when there's too many things happening all at once and people taking their time and work is, ha- you know, there's issues at work or maybe not issues, but they're overworked and, you know, there's maybe big life events. So many things, are, maybe even if they have kids and all of this stuff, they get so overwhelmed that almost instinctively their brain just shuts down as a self-preservation technique. So I wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't look at these things personally. Um, I even know that when when we first started podcasting, I sent the link to the podcast to a few people, and they didn't respond for days. They literally saw it, 
and then a week later I would get a message saying oh wow that was so amazing it's so good obviously because something is at least maybe enough time had passed away passed by where they charged themselves up and then they um, had the the energy to kind of come back to to this this um and I was gonna say I was gonna say something smug I was gonna say like the back to reality but I was gonna say the simulation you know <laughs> yeah it's 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 definitely interesting as a, from an observational point of view like I wouldn't say I take it personally I don't feel that I'm I'm tied to individuals in the sense that I'm attached that I need to get their validation but I guess from from my point of view, it's just like it confuses me, and I think yeah, it's just a matter of trying to understand because for us, I feel like if we if we if there's a lot going on, we just we just be honest about it and upfront, and you know our friends will generally know or even other people like yeah, I'm just a bit stressed out. I really haven't slept much, you know, um, you know this is going on in my life, that's going on in my life, like it just feels like instinctive and natural just to be honest and truthful and it just sometimes confuses me because i feel like i take it as a sign well at least historically but as a sign of almost dis- dishonesty when somebody isn't necessarily expressive and can just be like deflective or just quiet about what's happening in their life because i'm just like thinking to myself like what well, i don't understand like what is there to hide you know what i mean like it's a quid not that it's again a transactional thing but it's like you know i'm being vulnerable like i'm sharing you know very intimate aspects of my life and you know like what's the harm like you know i don't feel that you're going to judge me i won't judge you you know it's like it's a safe space here yeah it's interesting that you say that because um i know someone that has a life coach and they were talking about how basically Again, maybe this is a bit woo-woo for some people, but everyone operates on a frequency. You know, no different to a you know when you're trying to tune into a radio channel, you have to get the right frequency, and a lot of things as well in life resonate on have some sort of frequency. Even innate objects that you think are just inert or inanimate or static, whatever, they actually they release a frequency. and human beings operate on different frequencies you know and that frequency kind of it's almost passed on to the people around you like we i know they say we have our is it the five senses smell touch taste and all of that but i also think there's an additional one um that isn't that can't really be measured and you know it society probably isn't there yet in terms of accepting these things but there is a good i I would say a good a good number of people out there that kind of do understand these these things and, and they, they understand it quite well but um they might be operating on the frequency of shame or not necessarily guilt but i think more so shame maybe certain things in their lives haven't happened the way that they wanted or some things you know maybe they've done certain things said certain things we don't really know how people truly are behind closed doors you know you don't really know what people are truly like because we we understand that a lot of people aren't necessarily their authentic selves you know most of us are on on this journey to kind of grow be more authentic accept ourselves for who we are 
and it might be in the, it might be the case that sometimes you know people might present themselves to the world as being very strong and put together you know everything's working well but they don't want people to know the truth that you know they're struggling maybe they have depression maybe they feel they have imposter syndrome maybe they feel inadequate you know they're trying to hold on to this character that they've created and in doing so they don't they have this kind of duality or they they feel like they're they're not real they're fake and so they operate on the shame frequency so naturally when you're when you you feel shame you you want to isolate you know you want to hide away run away it's it's easier to run away then go to people and say hey look this is what's been happening you know this is how i feel this is what i've done or this is what i've said because no one a lot of people don't like to feel vulnerable a lot of people don't want to kind of unravel this carefully curated constructed version of themselves that they put out to society for example there's a lot of people with um financial problems you know and sometimes you wouldn't you wouldn't even know that person has financial problems come friday saturday night these people are out you know at the fancy restaurants you know you go to work they're dressed in the fancy suits um you know going on very nice holidays and all of that stuff and and you know like most people on average you know you can you kind of know what their spending limit is where they sit in life and all of that um but some people are really good at putting on a show you know, and they and a lot of people will lie. Say, for example, when it comes to um, investing, right? You will always hear people tell you about how much money they've made. You know, when things are great, but they'll never tell you how much money they've lost. So that's the thing in life. People always tell you the good. I mean, not everyone, but some most people will always just only share with the good, which is fine. I mean, who doesn't? You want to be around positive people, and I can understand why sometimes people don't want to share the bad. But also, a lot of people because they have this particular image they're selling to the world they don't they don't want the other person to see them in that state of weakness or vulnerability i think there was even um there was even a tiktok video which i liked which had al pacino and you might have seen it that i'd shared and the interviewer goes to him are you a tough guy because you know al pacino played scarface and he he played other similar roles Tony Montana, yeah, from um, oh, I love that film. Godfather? The God, no, Tony Montana is not from The Godfather. Tony Montana is from. I got to get this. Oh, it's killing me. Um. So okay, we'll, we'll find out though. Tony Montana, dude. Anyway, so he, the interviewer guy, goes to him. You know, are you a tough guy? Because he's always he's always played tough guys. Is this, it is Scarface, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's like, you need people like me. That's Scarface, that's right. Um, so, when when the interview goes to him, like, are you a tough guy? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, do I, do I, he's like, I don't think I'm a tough guy. I don't even look like a tough guy. And he's like, why would people be tough? He, he said something interesting. He also said, what, is, what does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean to be tough? And he said people that put on this kind of bravado or this this um, facade of toughness are quite sensitive or they're quite insecure you know there's something deeply psychologically broken about themselves that they have to put on this tough exterior because it's not a normal state to be in like why do you have to be tough it's a very reactionary thing you know something's happened to you in your life that you couldn't let go of you know that so you hold on to this particular frame 
which is unhealthy because you can go in and out of you know particular frames you can be happy sad you know angry um, tough soft loving whatever sometimes i feel like people that are broken kind of get stuck in a particular frame i agree i was thinking back to high school and i remember like a lot of the people that try to represent themselves as very tough you know the ones that wanted to join the military um or the ones that like you know were interested in biker gangs and all that that nonsense right they're the ones that were also generally bullied or felt insecure because i i did notice a pattern trend a lot of them tended to be overweight like when i say overweight like you know blatantly overweight like that you could tell you know they had a lot of weight on their body right and there's no shame in it it's just you know we're all on our journey but obviously they would get bullied and harassed about it whether in school or outside of school and they're the ones who like tended to have violent tendencies and you know they were either violent tendencies or like they wanted to be part of um like a sense of community they would like so i tend to find a lot of people that when they talk about i want to join the military it's because they feel ostracized and they think that by joining the military you know there's a sense of camaraderie brotherhood you know i mean i can i can i can be part of something and yeah it was it was it was something i definitely saw um as a consistent pattern that showed up and you do tend to find a lot of people that join even the police force. I'm pretty sure there was a there was a research article. Don't hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure I, I read it about the a lot of people that um, are actually part of the police force. They have like one of the highest rates of domestic violence. So these are individuals, you know, members of the police force, who essentially you know they go out to stop people getting like you know. Uh, women or it can be even men we'll get into that topic in a second beaten up yet they're the ones going home and beating up their wives and children and whatnot right so i I just thought that was interesting and i I think a lot of that comes from you know i need to act like as as the tough guy and this is like you said it's rooted in insecurity because somebody else was bullying them so therefore they, they they came to the conclusion that if i if i act violent and aggressive and and they don't show my weakness and, you know, do like ABC, like this very generic, you know, textbook style of like what a tough guy is, you know, carry a gun, you know, whether it's part of a biker gang or the military or I don't know, like put on a tattoo or some something like that. It's like that makes me tough. You know, that's that very surface shallow level um, projection of toughness. And so I don't know how we got onto this topic. But yeah, I I wouldn't. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's a great segue into the whole Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, and I'm sure a lot of us have been following it. The interesting thing is, guys, like when when I first heard about the claims against Johnny Depp about domestic violence, I I actually took the side of Amber Heard years ago, thinking, well, you know, it kind of makes sense. This is a man who has, you know, a drug and alcohol problem. So I was like, you know, generally people who are alcoholics tend to be, tend to be, sorry guys, just one, one moment. Yeah. um, Individuals that tend, sorry guys, we just, we interrupted slightly, but individuals that tend to be alcoholics um, tend to be, you know, largely perpetrators of domestic violence 
And so I, I definitely believed Amber Heard when she released that article. Was it on the Washington Post or something? The Sun. The Sun? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So then, but then like, this is the irony of it. Like just watching the trial and I don't, I don't sit and watch the whole thing. Like I wish I could. Um, I watched a lot of the, the sound bites, the highlights, etc. And it just, I can't believe how, 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 how much my perspective on, on the whole matter shifted and how I, I started to realize that, you know, Amber Heard was, is basically a very insecure woman who is for, I mean, I mean, well, I don't even, she was clinically diagnosed by a psychologist with histrionic personality disorder, which is apparently one of the most extreme forms of narcissism. So she is a very insecure person who is very selfish, self-absorbed, and a lot of that is rooted in her insecurities, right? And yeah, had no issues in terms of violently abusing her husband. And I, I guess I was very surprised because, again, like most of society, you just it's 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 just a very weird position where the woman is, you know, being violent towards a man. And Johnny is is much is a lot bigger than than Amber. So you, you, in your head, there's this cognitive dissonance almost. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense. But then, then you just watch her operate in, in the courtroom. And then you just start to realize there is something definitely wrong with her. Like there's this very inherent coldness in her approach. All of us obviously realized when she was on, stand, on the stand and she was relaying her, her narrative and... You know, it, it was very obvious when she was crying that it it was just terrible acting. Like you, it it you were quickly able to realize if you have if you're a person who understands emotions. And I mean, I don't think even think you need to understand emotions, but it was just there was something instinctive within me that when I saw her like crying, I'm like, she's faking it. Like that's not that's not normal. Like the way she was doing it, it was just like she co- constantly also kept looking at the jury, and I was thinking to myself, but. If you're feeling emotional and sad, you tend to feel this embarrassment and you don't want people to look at you and you kind of make yourself small and you try to like shield yourself. But she would like say, make a statement, you know, do a little, a dry sniff, you know, a dry tear, you know, wipe it with a tissue and then like always instinctively look at the jury. And that's a classic narcissistic tendency, like narcissists love an audience. So they will always say and do things and behave in certain ways but they watch them like they always want to see who else is watching them, right? Because they actually gauge and adjust their behavior towards the people around them in the audience. Like they're, they're amongst the biggest charlatans in society. And I just want to make it clear though, like I'm not a hundred percent, I'm not attacking Amber because from what I understand, if you're, cause she suffered in um, trauma at the hands of her father, who was apparently very violent towards her and her sister. So they say if you experience violence or trauma in your life, there are two ways you, you can generally, I mean, I think this is an absolutist statement. Like there's more, probably more nuance to it, but there are two, there are two things that can happen. So the, the two outcomes are you either become selfish and think to yourself, well, no one cares about me. I got to look after myself. I got to protect my own interests because, you know, um, no one, there's no one else that cares about me. I'm just going to keep getting beaten up. Like I need to look after myself. I needed to, I needed behave in a certain way which is going to look after me 
which is the narcissistic tendency, or the second outcome is you develop a codependence. Codependence is basically, if I just people please, if I just do everything they're saying, then I will remain safe, right? So if I, if, you know, if I just make myself small, if I make my opinions um, seem unimportant, if I, if I just do A, B, C, and D for them, if I, um, you know, just, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not too sure, like I can't think on the spot at the moment, but, you know, mostly it comes from rooted from a people tendency perspective. That's just another coping mechanism to, to trauma. Yeah, so I'm actually quite invested in this um, this case, and I've been watching most of the full um, full sessions of in, in court on the Law and Crime Network on on YouTube. And the funny thing is, I came across the whole saga maybe two years ago. Again, similar to you, I initially thought, ah, oh, you know what? Obviously, Johnny Depp, you know, is is an abuser. Because, you know, we everyone knows that the man has his demons. You know, he tends to drink a lot. He takes drugs. Um, he even admits that he didn't have the best upbringing. And he kind of... he, I mean, you can kind of gauge that he's a bit of a, tr- a troubled soul. You know, so naturally, particularly back then when I was definitely less informed um, compared to now when it comes to psychology and, you know, the different um, mental health issues that people can suffer from and and the personality types i in my simple mind i'm like yep he's a man you know he has he's in a position of power he's got you know his demons drugs and alcohol and whatever and this this is i mean i don't find it necessarily attractive i know society does um this is a you know beautiful woman by society standards you know young whatever so there's a clear um disparity when it comes to power and and so, okay, I just, I didn't even think much of it at the time. I'm like, yep, Amber Heard, uh, sorry, Johnny Depp is, is, is over. Like, he's, he's just killed himself, like, career-wise. And he's kind of been um, caught out. But see, that's, that's, the, that's what, what, and what really changed my mind was, I think two years ago, they started releasing the tapes of their, their arguments and conversations. And I've had my run-ins with narcissists. I've had my run-ins with narcissists. And then I started reading and learning about narcissism more. Um, I started listening to Dr. Romani's videos on YouTube, on which I think are produced by MedCircle. And I think she has her own independent videos. And they're really, really good. And I highly recommend anyone kind of, you know, listen to these videos on, on narcissism. What, what I found really fascinating was once I understood, you know, the qualities of a narcissist, um, you know, their characteristics and all that, I straight away then started putting the dots in my head. I'm like, wait, Amber Heard is a narcissist. She's actually a very clear-cut case of narcissism. And this is the this is the crazy thing with narcissists. They have a way of reframing reality and reframing things so that they always end up looking like the victims or they look innocent or you know or, or it's always everyone's out to get them. You know, it's always someone else's fault. They never take accountability. And what I realized what Johnny Depp was suffering from was actually reactive abuse. So when he would retaliate or react, again, that's what happens when you're pushed to such an extreme by narcissists because narcissists don't know when to stop. And if anyone's been listening to the recordings and the court sessions and the cross-examinations and testimonies, you'll notice that Amber Heard, like he would say, please give me space or he'd walk away or he'd go somewhere else. And she would never give him that space because the narcissist, mission one is they have a great sense of abandonment and they'll never admit this insecurity 
they know that deep down inside, in their in in their own heart of hearts, they're unlovable. You know that they are unworthy of love, whatever, and all of this other stuff because they don't feel they know they're not good people. It's actually it it that's the that's the weird thing. Narcissists actually know they're not good people, and they know that they use other people, and they know that. Some they 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 they're lying, but so, weirdly enough, sometimes they actually believe their own lies. I just want to quickly step in and say we need to be careful because um, a codependent will also normally um, share that that quality in the sense of the codependent will feel will have a fear of abandonment. On an, and on top of that, they will um, they will. Uh, what well, sorry? What, what were you just saying? The narcissist. Um, they have a sense, strong sense of abandonment. Yeah, so the codependent also has a strong sense of abandonment, but also insecurity. Mm-hmm. In the the, the would equal to the narcissist in the, the sense that narcissist hides it. Narcissist hides it. That's right. The narcissist will hide their insecurities, and they will belittle the other individual. Who they usually tr- they usually chase codependence because they're seen as easy weak prey, because the narcissist is a taker, and the codependent is a giver. Right, so the the codependent is trying to do anything they can because they don't want to be abandoned to keep the narcissist in, um, like to keep that relationship with the narcissist because it's not that they have an attraction or interest in the narcissist, it's a wound that they're playing on because it's a father wound, mother wound, whatever it is, right? Where they've experienced it as a child, and so they that 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 connection that they feel is really they're just replaying the events of their childhood, right? So, um, which makes sense because Johnny Depp's mother was abusive and, you know, Amber Heard is abusive. And then, you know, um, likewise, Amber Heard had an abusive um, upbringing. So she, you know, she chose, uh, the, you know, as a coping mechanism to become a narcissist and she chose to be in a relationship with a codependent Johnny Depp because he's a giver. He was just willing to give her anything he could just to stay in that relationship, right? And he was... The interesting thing is also the codependent um, creates this fantasy about the narcissist and like idealizes them because it's like a survival mechanism for their brain where they're, they're, they're basically trying to say, well, the narcissist did this little tiny nice thing, right? So therefore, they're not that bad of a person, you know, um, because they're in a survival state. They want to somehow, their brain wants to play this mental gym- gymnastics and say, you know, no, it's okay. Like, it's this relationship isn't as bad as 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 it, as it is. But then the irony of it, everyone around you can see, like how bad it is. And sometimes the narcissists are very clever in, in terms of hiding those aspects. And people will be like, "What are you crazy? He's charismatic. This person, or she's charismatic. Like, well, she's really sweet, or she, he's really sweet. What?" But in 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 reality, like we have to be careful because um, narcissists tend to be quite charismatic individuals, and they use their charisma to fool other individuals. That's very true. And to add on to that, narcissists are incredibly good liars. I mean, some people who are really good at reading people will be able to pick out that the narcissist is, is that person is a narcissist and they're, they're full of, you know, they're lying. Um, so the th- if you look at Amber Heard and one classic sign is every time she's, you know, being cross-examined and they're asking a question, she never says, she never even says yes or no, right? She always has an explanation for everything. This is what narcissists do. They always have an explanation for everything. They're never accountable for anything. It's always someone else's fault, or there's always a reason for why they did something or said something. And they, they, they when I say they're good liars, they're really good at coming up with stories on the spot, you know. And and they kind of push and push and push and push and push until that person 
you know, just kind of gives in and goes, I guess, okay, okay, well, I, I, I believe you. But she is an incredibly good liar. Even when the evidence is so blatantly against her, you know, even when there's recordings of her saying, she, she kind of twists things around. And that's what narcissists do. And that's part of also their, their kind of their charm. They always pretend to be wealthier than what they are. You know, they're more um, successful than what they are. Particularly, I mean, you go, go out, go on a night out, you know, go, go to the clubs, go to whatever, wherever people go, you know, restaurants. And I can guarantee in, in a lot of these venues, you're going to have plenty of narcissists, these these guys and, and girls who are showboating, particularly these guys who'll be like, you know, I've got this car, which is probably, you know, t- they've taken out a loan and they're quite in debt. Um, you know, they dress in these super nice suits. They always get their hair cut so frequently. They're just putting on this image, this show. They're, they're the most inauthentic people out there. And they try so hard where they mirror people. You know, mirroring is a classic narcissistic trait where say, for example, a guy meets a girl or vice versa. They know that this person likes a particular thing or has a particular hobby or has a particular mannerisms. They start copying this, you know, these things so that the other person likes them. Not because they're not authentically being their authentic selves and saying, oh, I'm going to do this because um, I'm interested or, hey, you know, you've kind of piqued my interest with this whatever hobby or, you know, you like this particular type of music, I, I've given it a go and I actually, I'm starting to enjoy it. They're mirroring so that you actually like them. It's a very calculate, calculated ploy. And even Johnny Depp said himself, he, when, when he was asked, you know, was this just like a terrible marriage or like relationship? It's like, look, it was weird. He said, for the first year and a half, he's like, it was almost perfect. Everything seemed great. And then the mask, he said, came off and that's what narcissists do there's a lot of people in relationships where they they say to themselves but no they weren't like that at the beginning and they have this kind of this struggle mental struggle where they're like no no they, they can go back they can change you know they were never like this when i first met them they were super nice super I understanding i just have to try harder you know to bring that person back the truth is they were never ever that person and you're so determined to believe this truth that you've created in your head because for you to accept or for anyone to accept this reality is is just shattering because they're like you're telling me that my love for them wasn't real that this person wasn't even a real person that's what even Johnny Depp says my love for you wasn't like so your love for me was not real and you were not real I made you up and I made you up he said that yeah um, that's that's a, that's a really 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 good point like the narcissist doesn't have a personality right like you said the narcissist mirrors other people's personalities and will generally mirror your personality and what happens is you actually fall in love with yourself right so if 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 you like dogs they'll say i like dogs and they might even get a dog themselves but they don't they don't like dogs you know what i mean they they don't have an interest but they know that that's what that's something that re- that you like so they're just playing on on your personality tropes and but you sorry i just wanted to because i wanted to give an example on that point there was this really random weird dude i was part of a society um, a few years ago and i won't say his name but the guy was freaking weird man i'm telling you he some people you know naturally good with women and they're charismatic and then and the narcissist when they see this other person right getting a lot of attention they get really enraged or they 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 really infuriated. So this guy, you know, he noticed that he wasn't getting the attention. 
So, but he knew that these girls, for some reason, liked cats, right? They were just really into cats. And I kid you not, within a week or two, he went and bought a kitten. This is how, how weird he is and messed up. And I, I knew from the get-go he was weird. Like, I just didn't like his vibe. He was a very strange... Even his humor was, was, was strange. But he was always kind of trying to adjust himself. And he thought he was something special. And that's narcissists. They always think they're special. So, he buys these kittens. And all of a sudden, this is... Back in the day, they were using Snapchat. I wasn't even a fan of it. And then he starts, like, Snapchatting him and his kitten and all of this stuff. And then the girls, you know, going and getting excited. And I'm like, this guy is so... And I don't want to swear. But he's so effed up. He's so weird like you literally spent hundreds of dollars to go get a kitten you know that's a big responsibility and you know you would think a normal human being has some level of empathy towards animals and i don't think narcissists have true empathy they just they only see things as products or things that can be used and that even humans you know say and i'm looking at it from the perspective of a guy and a girl say the guy the guy is a narcissist he only see the woman honestly as a like a piece of meat just a means to an end he's like i've got an itch to scratch and that's all you are to me in my head and i don't think narcissists are truly capable of real love and um i think even johnny depp said that to amber or was it was it lalois like she never you never loved him as in he's saying she never loved me nor did does he think she ever loved any of the people in her previous relationships everyone was simply kind of a means to an end for her you know, it's funny you should say that because I remember that that individual in that society. And I remember, like, I, I made it very clear from the beginning um, to you and to the others around me. I did not like that individual. Like, I like I think I'm a bit more intuitive and empathetic. And, like, I can pick up on vibes and auras um, a lot more than, than, than very strongly, more than, more than yourself. And um, I just remember telling you and my brother-in-law, like, I, I don't like that guy. Like, I get such a negative vibe from him and the, i remember when he when he got the cats just because all the girls were obsessed about cats and yeah it's just it's just funny because like part of me also thinks like like i felt like the girls were also very oblivious it's just like can't you see can't you see that he's just manipulating you like doesn't that isn't why is it so obvious to us like why isn't it obvious to you guys you know what i mean like for for the narcissist everything is just transactional yeah and why post about it so much and it was and he had other behavioral traits which made me um like really question his authenticity as as an individual like i didn't feel like he was very um you know like with the narcissist they're very surface level and shallow so when you ever have a conversation with a narcissist there's not a lot of depth to them so i remember like when i would talk with him like i just felt like he was one very immature you know what I mean? Like he was, and narcissists tend to be immature. That's true. Amber heard that's true. Taking a shit on Johnny's bed, that's a very immature thing to do. I mean, everyone I think is probably still trying to figure out why she did that. But I, I remember this individual was very immature, and I was thinking like, um, like I don't need to go into the details of the stuff that he was doing, but I just like yeah, this guy. Anyway, so it's interesting that you picked up on, on the fact. And I remember, like, he tried to get really close to you and I and, like, pretend like we were best friends and pals and trying to mirror us. Yeah, and it was just, like, I don't think you understand. Like, we don't... We see, right we see yeah, we see, like, we see right... And because we saw right through his bullshit, then he... So, this is an interesting thing with a narcissist. So, because we saw right through his bullshit, um, you go from 
the narcissist will treat you like a fanboy to an enemy. And then we, I felt like my brother and I became um, targets, like enemy number one in his eyes. Like, these are my competitors. These are my threats. And it's just like, dude, we don't even freaking care. Like, we, like I, I personally got out of the society within a week because I'm just like, I don't want to be here. Like, this is, for me, this is complete BS. Everything about it, like, there's just a lot of toxicity, toxicity in terms of the dynamics. Like, I thought, you know, quite a few of the guys were, um, like, deeply insecure. You know what I mean? And like a lot of the girls were exhibiting also toxic behaviors in terms of manipulation of the guys. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of very gossipy, like it wasn't a very healthy environment and, and I can't operate in that, that kind of space. But yeah, it's very, it's going back to the, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. The narcissist interesting thing is also, so they try to come across, like Amber Heard, you know, she was trying to come across this, I guess, um, it's like, what, for me, what really hit home was just the belittling of Johnny Depp. Like, how, how she can be so cruel. Yeah, she was just trying to break him, like calling him a washed up actor, this, 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 and that. Like, she was trying to devalue him and, like, make him so insignificant that so she could control him. Like, this is an A-list actor, right? And yet, she was, like, she would have these moments where she would show that she was, you know, like this soft in the sense of like um you know i think you know she she there was one audio recording of her in the car telling she's like johnny stop johnny like please no johnny don't abandon. he wanted to go see his daughter that's all johnny was trying to do but yet he was the one actually being controlled because he felt like he couldn't leave the car without her consent and for me that was really scary because like you listen to the recording you think oh you know like poor her but it's like not poor her she's actually manipulating him like, he's not doing anything to her, you know? And and that's the thing with narcissists. They're very, very good manipulators. So, what will happen is if you catch a narcissist out on their lie, like you said, they'll turn you into public enemy number one. And they will try to preempt you and engage with everyone that you know or that, you know, that's common between the both of you so that they could take control of the story or the narrative because their greatest fear is being exposed that's why with amber heard she she actually made the first shot at johnny there was no need for her like okay you got divorced leave it at that you know you guys had your demons between the both of you in your relationship he went his way you went your way why didn't she stop there she's that's right so for her because she was afraid this is how the narcissists operate one day that you know maybe in an article or in an interview he's gonna be like this is what she is this is what she did to me because she knew there was recordings out there um and I think there was even like an issue during the whole divorce proceedings where that stuff was kind of coming out. And so for her, because also the narcissist is a person that only thinks about themselves, remember. They're the most selfish human beings you will meet in your life or they put themselves first. And if they do generally try to treat you in a good way, it's only because they have a particular agenda or an outcome where they're like, I need you to do this for me. You know, it's, it's never... Most people who are genuinely selfless do things without being prompted without being without being transactional you know they don't say well you know i'll take you out if you do this for me or whatever blah 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 it's just genuine care and affection but not with the narcissist so with the narcissist um like say amber heard she she i don't think she truly ever cared about johnny she saw she saw him as a free ride to kind of 
being more famous, climbing the social ladder, getting movie roles, and he apparently did get her that role with Aquaman. And it's funny how they try to frame it that Johnny was in a position of power. Actually, no, Johnny Depp was a broken man who had a lot of childhood wounds, whose own mother was a narcissist, and he was replaying that story subconsciously by being married to Amber, or being in a relationship with Amber Heard. And in his in his warped mind, he might have been like, oh, this is normal, right? I just have to, like you said, try harder. I have to win their love, you know, again. Or if I do this, they won't be upset. If I don't say this, they won't be angry. So you're always walking on eggshells. But because what they do is people like Johnny, they hold on to this brief moment of happiness or joy or these good memories. And they're like, but it wasn't all that bad, right? Because you were, it's a survival mechanism and you were love bombed really hard at the beginning and they said the right things and they did the right things only because they were studying you. And that's what narcissists do. You realize they study people. They're not sitting there kind of enjoying a moment or enjoying people they're studying you because you're like a specimen to them for some reason in their development which most likely goes back to childhood they were so abused or something terrible happened to them that they lost the ability to properly regulate their emotions like it's almost like their emotions just got switched off and that's why they really i feel like they they kind of struggle to truly understand human emotion in the real realist sense which is very interesting because I remember like the psychologist, Johnny's psychologist, when she was basically breaking down Amber Heard, she said, you, like with um, histrionic personality disorder, which again is an extreme form of narcissism, she said, just pay attention to the way the individual speaks. They will never say, I feel, right? So because if, if you actually understand emotions, you would say, you know, I feel sad, I feel... I feel this way, I feel that way, because you're resonating with your emotions. And if you watch Amber Heard in the trial, also when during a, like when she was on the stand and during a cross-examination, a cross-examination, and even when she was crying, it was never like, I just felt really scared. I felt, I felt really um, hurt or sad or afraid for my life or whatever. It was always, they said, the, the psychologist said interesting, they would just recount basically facts because a narcissist, like you said, is just lying. You know what I mean? And they're, they're operating from a place of like almost like logic, not from their emotional engine, you know? And so I thought it was really interesting because then I went back and watched some of the highlights. I'm like, oh yeah, like she never said, I felt scared of Johnny or, you know, I felt like this, 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 this and that when he did this, you know? It was just like, um, I'm just recounting events that happened, you know? And I just thought, oh, that's, that's very interesting. And everything that that psychologist also said like played out in the courtroom. You know how she said also like they, they, they like um, the narcissist will be a big, was it impressionist? Like in the sense of like they'll exaggerate their emotions because again, they're not, they don't know how to regulate their emotions. So like we all saw those TikTok videos, I'm sure, you know, she's like my dog stepped on a bee and then she does that like weird face because like they, they're just emotionally so dysregulated. They don't actually understand how to show real emotions exactly and this is the thing that i learned about narcissists and it really blew my mind narcissists their nervous system is dysregulated so what they do is they try to hijack the nervous systems of other people so what what do i mean by that so say for example they don't know how to properly if something makes them upset they don't know how to kind of process that emotion health in a healthy way so they they'll 
they'll look at their partner or someone, people around them and they'll try and trigger them. They'll come back from work. You know, they had a terrible day at work, maybe because they, they, someone told them they're incompetent or they didn't do something properly. So they'll come back home from work, assuming they're married with kids. Um, and they'll just take out their rage and frustration, their families, like something small, maybe the wife overcooked the meal. Right. And I don't know, we're going kind of into gendered norms, whatever, but let's just, let's just go along with this. So the wife like cooked the, overcooked the meal, maybe slightly burnt. The kids are a bit too loud at home. You know, a normal person, they'll be like, okay, this is normal. Maybe I just need some time for myself. Uh, maybe if I have a shower, whereas the narcissist, they're just looking for any trigger. And then they'll be like, they'll be yelling at the kids, not because the kids have, have done anything fundamentally wrong. It's because they're trying to get that anger, that frustration out of them. Right. So they've they've kind of blown something out of proportion. A narcissist will, could be slighted by the smallest of things. And then they always twist things because they're not being honest to people about why they're truly angry. And they make you think it's about you. They make it. Yeah, they make you did something. Wrong. Yeah, they'll make it's it because of you. Exactly. They'll make you think like that. You did something. You said something. They're not going to say, I feel like a moron. They I'm an like idiot. Mentality, yeah. I feel like I'm not good at my job. I feel ugly. They'll be like, they'll look at their wife and like, you're, you're so ugly. Like, stop putting so much makeup. It's because a narcissist feels ugly. They're trying to hijack you. Then you get angry. Then you get upset. And when they see you angry and upset, that's it. They're processing their emotions through you. And the other thing I remember um, what they said, I think it was in the courtroom about like the narcissist is um, in terms of like, so, so Amber had a strong fear of abandonment of Johnny leaving her. So she would actually trigger fights with him in order to basically keep him in the room with her, right? So she would be afraid that, oh, he's going to leave. So I'm going to have to start a fight so that I can like it. And to Johnny, he's probably confused. Like, what's going on? Like, why are we fighting? Like, why are we in an argument? Like, what, what, why is this an issue? It's because she's, she's, she has this fear that Johnny's about to leave her. And it could be like, leave her for like, I don't know, going to go pick up some coffee or whatever. Or see his kids or, or, or something like it's not that big of a deal like you said but and for the other person you're just like I'm so confused like why are we in an argument but it's just like the the narcissist is just afraid it's about control on the narcissist end right so it's like in their head is like if I start a fight then I can basically keep that person engaged in this conversation with me and guilt them and make them not leave again another great point because it- narcissism and borderline personality disorder i feel like sometimes tie in together so she she's been diagnosed as having borderline personality disorder and people with bpd have a great or intense feeling when it comes to abandonment they'll never truly admit it so say for example you know you're you're in a relationship with them or whatever in some capacity and you're going on holidays see the person with bpd apparently i only learned this recently their fear, fear, fear of abandonment is so great. So rather than saying to you, "Oh, I hope you have a great time on your holiday. I hope you enjoy it," they have a, a like a, a crazy response because they feel like you've abandoned them. So they they try and do whatever they can to keep you around. You know, they'll start yelling even if they have to create an argument out of it because they're like, at least it's some form of engagement. There's there's still a connection, and it's very very unusual. And, and that's what Amber actually also does to Johnny, and I've seen it elsewhere out there people and so i'm saying like pay attention to people with really strong abandonment issues not to say that they're necessarily narcissists but they can also have borderline personality disorder a normal regulated person be like you know what i hope you have a good night you know go enjoy some time with your friends hope you enjoy that holiday blah 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 again i think we have to be very careful because just because you have 
abandonment fears, I don't think necessarily that means you have BPD or you are a narcissist, right? Um, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that if somebody has also fears of abandonment, it also can stem from childhood experiences, which is just like, you know, maybe uh, your mother left you, you know, or your parents were emotionally, um, you know, negligent, etc. So I don't, I don't think necessarily, so like, obviously that's a trigger for you. So I don't think necessarily like we can make that absolute statement that, you know, a person with BPD will have abandonment issues, a person with, it, it doesn't necessarily work that way. And we're not psychologists, but um, I think, yeah, in, in this particular case, like it, the, the, the psychologist made it clear with Amber Heard that she had a strong fear of abandonment. And yeah, I tie that back also to the fact that, again, she was in a very abusive household. Her father would beat her and her sister up. And so who knows what was going on for her to have that such strong level of fear. So maybe she felt that only when she was acting up, you know, or maybe she learned that behavior from, from watching her parents' dynamics. If she was to start a conflict, then that person would stay in the room and wouldn't leave, whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know if we can necessarily give more details than that, like, because we don't understand it um, very well. Like you said, you only just understood it recently. But yeah, again, we need to be very mindful that we can't make those, um, you know, those direct linear um, connections. Yeah, connections. So guys, it's it's an hour and 12 minutes and I know we said we're going to try and keep this to an hour. I feel like we can continue talking about this for, for a very long time. And actually, I want to continue it in the next podcast because narcissism is a very interesting conversation. And I feel like the, the kind of period we live in right now, particularly with all social, with social media and you know people being a bit self-obsessed, narcissism is a really big problem in society and there's a lot of people who are being damaged by narcissists and you know apparently according to dr romani narcissism is like the secondhand smoke of mental illness it's so infectious it's so contagious and not to say that a narcissist will turn you into a narcissist but they have an incredibly destructive ability when it comes to their impact on hum another human being's psychology so let's just wrap it up you know this has been a really great conversation i can't believe how time how quickly time has gone but um you know this is two twins in a mic and we look forward to seeing you next time thank you everyone